Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. If you go to HuntworthGear.com, now they have a system builder. Um, so you click on that system builder. It's got early whitetail, early elk, mule deer, late whitetail, late elk, uh, late season, spring turkey. You click on one of those. And uh, it basically shows you what their recommendations are for each of those seasons, what gear it offers. Um, I just found out about that at the Mobile Hunters Expo. Um, Nate Sellers, uh, you may know him as Average Jack Archery on YouTube. Um, He's taken over some of the stuff over there with Huntworth and uh, big things coming down the pike for Huntworth. Uh, Really... Uh, looking forward to working with Nate. I uh, had some great conversations and love the direction that things are going over there. And uh, I don't believe it's out yet on the website, but really excited, like I said before, about that Grayling hoodie. 
That's uh, basically the Sheldon hoodie with uh, heat boost fibers woven in there. Uh, really looking forward to getting my hands on one of those and checking it out. Um, but yeah, go to huntworthgear.com, check out that system builder, um, and kind of see what tickles your fancy. Um, this podcast was recorded, you know, with a couple of our sponsors, uh, happen to be the same guys at uh, at the Mobile Hunters Expo. Those guys are great to us. Um, wherever we go, whether it's uh, PA or uh, shoots like this, TAC, um, all that stuff, really happy to sit down with Brandon, Brian, and Steve. Uh, Brandon was actually, we just kind of left him hanging. He had to still work the booth uh, while we recorded this. So sorry, Brandon. But um, yeah, just kind of go through uh, the evolution of the Zingers, kind of like where they're at right now, um, and then talk about the arrows and kind of like the price breakdown, uh, what the idea is behind it, and all that. Uh, you're used to these really super long podcasts, uh, and this is kind of a shorter one because the guys did have to get back and uh, and get to work. But man, everybody that we got to see at the Mobile Hunters Expo, any of the companies, we made some new friends. Um, Timberwolf Supply, uh, check those guys out. They've got uh, like a mushroom energy drink thing, which that's not my uh, cup of tea. Um, normally, I don't eat mushrooms. It's not my. It's way outside of my comfort zone. Uh, but I may have been a little bit hungover um, after a podcast we did with the fall. And uh, rumor has it, it's never going to see the light of day. It was like three hours. So uh, if you listen to the fall podcast, and even if you don't, go check them out. Um, but give Aaron a message and say, we want to hear that podcast. That's the one we want to hear. Um, myself, David Riley, uh, Aaron, uh, Corey, and Derek from Latitude. Uh, really fun podcast, uh, but maybe too much fun. But anyways, um, that uh, Timberwolf Supply um Kind of gave me a little bit of pep in my step. Uh, was really uh, happy about it and uh, very surprised. So uh, that's something that's going to be added to my pack this year. Um, but getting to see our our friends, you know, Lane, Johnny Stewart, uh, getting to see uh, all the new stuff coming out from Spartan Forge and uh, get the tutorial on that on the LIDAR, being able to see all these like micro undulations in the earth and kind of even further, uh, your e-scouting. If you're, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, um, man, too many people to name really. And the Patreons that came out, oh my gosh, super excited about, uh, the Patreon hunt this year. Um, Tim Clark, uh, he was in the tethered booth and, uh, Johnson's taxidermy. So they were just started up last year and the first shoulder mount that he ever did, they donated to our Patreon hunt and they're doing that again this year. Um, but he was there to present Tim with his buck, um, kind of unbeknownst to Tim really. Um, and it was up in the tethered booth all weekend. Super cool. Um, you know, if you're in the Muskegon area, if you're, um, you know, in West Michigan, uh, check them out. Uh, because even though it was his first mount, that was an incredible looking deer mount. And, uh, you know, I would be happy to have that deer, uh, you know, work of that caliber hanging on my wall. So check them out, check them out on Facebook. But, uh, it, it was just the community, the mobile hunters expo. I think, uh, David Emery put out, uh, a little, 
uh, walkthrough on Instagram. And basically everybody said, yeah, the gear is cool, but the community, everybody in the industry being there, like the guys that you look up to, um, you know, the Andy Mays, Dan Infaults, um, you know, Joe Miles, all those guys being there, just being able to sit down and talk with them. And then, you know, friends that you see only at stuff like this. So, um, you know, past guests like Josh Arbogast and uh, William Ritchie, sitting down with those guys and, you know, Genesis 3D, everybody that was in the, the Genesis 3D booth with Austin, just, just an amazing event. So next year, if it comes anywhere remotely close to you, got to check that out. I may do a podcast recap on it because it was just really, really cool. Um, two new Patreons, um, Derek Allard, uh, met him before, met him at the, uh, Mobile Hunters Expo. Uh, they're looking forward to coming to the Patreon hunt. And then Mark Lamson, I think Mark maybe what's a Patreon before because the name sounds super familiar. I'll have to look that up, but, uh, Mark L- Lamson and, and Derek, welcome. Um, I'll get you, uh, hooked up with the uh, Marco Polo group and the Patreon hunt group. Uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom meeting here real quick, um, probably mid to late August um, to go through some of the logistics, but everything is, re- everybody's really excited about it. So super excited about that. You know, we are really, truly, it was evidence this weekend, uh, building a community um for years to come. So really looking forward to that. Got to thank all of our sponsors, you know, Huntworth, Latitude, those guys uh, put on the film festival. David Emery won that. Um, That video is already out on uh, YouTube as far as the winner. Uh, I'm not sure if the entire film festival is out yet, but uh, early this week uh, is what Corey was saying. So it's, it's probably uh, by Friday should be up, I would say. Um, Genesis 3D, like I said, great people at the event. Um, Lucky Buck, Vitalize Seed, the Zinger Kanadi, this podcast, Big Shot Target, Spartan Forge. Uh, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but they all give back to the community. So quarterly we do these giveaways, and we just did that, um, like I say, we're, we're really trying to create this community and try and give back as much as we can to the people that support the show, uh, because we couldn't do this, all this stuff, uh, without you guys and the support of these great companies. So as always, you know, this one, this is sitting down with our friends that have great, uh, a couple of great companies, uh, doing great things. So, um, as always, thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are sitting in the VIP of the Mobile Hunters Expo. You call it a trailer park or VIP. It's all a matter of perspective <laughs> with uh, with the boys from Zinger Fletches and uh, Kanadi Arrows. And that's kind of what I really want to talk about today. But um, going like full circle, like how long have you guys been doing this? So, uh, I guess the zingers kind of took off, uh, I think that was 2019 and, uh, yeah, we, uh, hit a few shows, you know, zingers have been doing really well. So you just kind of, it was one of those progressions that, uh, you look at and it's like, you know what, we have zingers. Why don't we have an arrow? You know, so Kanadis, we, uh, 
we uh, looked into it last year and ended up getting some carbon and picking up some some uh, components, did a bunch of testing. We sent them out to a bunch of guys last year and shot a whole ton of deer with them last year from a bunch of guys. So we got a good, lot of good feedback and uh, yeah, we uh, launched Kanadi Arrows this year. So from the, the start of Zinger though, like as you started, now Brian's full time with the company. Um, he's Not officially. Not yet. We got about three more weeks. <laughs> Is that when you run out of PTO? Yeah, that's exactly when. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you started this, was was this always the plan? Uh, because I, th- I think that that's, that comes up with guys like myself and podcasting. And it's like when you do something like this that you're obviously just passionate about, it usually isn't going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to be the next Easton or AAE. <laughs> Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it, it just kind of fell into place. Like Steve said, we're at these shows and we're offering a product that goes on to an arrow and we have all these consumers and these customers coming up and, you know, talking about their arrows and, hey, why don't you guys offer an arrow? And it kind of, you know, we're like, I guess we should look into it. And it just kind of fell into place. And um, we hit the ground running with the with the help of the bow hunting league. Like Steve said, we had a lot of test subjects and we wanted to test the, our products before we kind of released them to the public, and we've had really, really good results. Yeah, and over the past what five years, four years with Zingers, how have you seen the like consumer response change to them, and how, how do you feel like the it was it boots on the ground? Is it social media? Is it uh, you know proof of concept? How do, how does that all? So at at first the release, it was like, what the hell are these things? And, uh, you know, we got people to kind of bite just out of their unique uniqueness. And I, it's a lot of, a lot of consumers, a lot of people need to see proof of concept. They need to see it working before they're going to bite. And, uh, zingers are one of those products. It's almost a industry disruptor. It's, it's different than what we've been conditioned to view as an, as a, as an arrow fledge. So we get, we've gotten a lot of people to bite on that. And a lot of the uh, the assistance we've been getting with uh, consumer feedback and whatnot is they're telling their buddies. They're telling their buddies. Uh, if they're at a 3D shoot, people are going up to them and like, what are those things? And it's it's a lot of word word of mouth from, from the consumer. Um, and I think, you know, <clears throat> you've got a lot of big names in the industry. And uh, a company can throw a lot of money at specific people. And those people are going to sell the product. Uh, in our instance, it's our product is getting sold by, you know, the everyday person. And, and, and as far as we're concerned, that's a cool thing because we're not, we're not going out and in a sense, buying purchases. Um, our consumers are kind of doing that for us, which is really, really cool. And the feedback's been, been great so far. From, from that side of it, how has the industry received it? Because that, you know, when you're at consumer shows and stuff like that you know that's the true boots on the ground you're 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 dealing with the end user and you can you can uh kind of show them you know and and you know there are some things and and i think saddles are one of them too where you know for a while you you had to like get somebody in it to see they're like oh is that how you get up the tree what do you do when you get up there um you know and i think greg litzinger is a great example of you know he shot him at at tack 
with us and shot great. But, you know, talking with him after the fact, he's like, it used to take me all this time. I used to have to set aside time for my family. You know, that was my time when, you know, my daughter had to be over here because I'm trying to make these perfect and nice. And he's like, I get these out, I slide them on. And, you know, two minutes later, I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's hard to 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 sell that on a piece of paper or, or something like that. But from the industry standpoint, like the, the outdoor lifes or the big, you know, dealer shows and, you know, with the process of making them and all that, like scale is a really scary word with, you know, the way that these are made. That's a lot of machines running at, mm -hmm. at a lot of times. So how, how do you view that from like an industry, like big industry standpoint? Well, as of now, they're they're three D printed, and uh, we are limited. We have you know we have more more printers than anybody would want to shake a stick at. Um, but just the maintenance aspect of them, and it, at this point, it's it's doing the it's doing the job just fine. Um, we've been in talks with uh, with a few injection mold companies, and uh, that might be the direction we're going to end up. And we'll see we'll see when we get there. Um, but right now, we're three D printing, and uh, it it's been going well for us. But as you were saying before, when you're at these shows, a lot of a lot of people are looking at them. They're so unique, um, and just people from the industry. It's hard for them to decipher when they go to some of these shows what's a gimmick and what's what's a, what's an actual product that's going to get the job done. And we've heard that from a number of number of guys that um, kind of have seen this over the last couple of years at these shows and. You know, we, we had a, an, another group uh, come over and they're like, man, you know, I've waited so long. Um, I just, I just didn't know, but I, I've heard nothing but good things about, about Zingers and uh, we got to give them a try now. So it's almost it, kind of what you were saying. It's the, the proof's in the pudding. It's almost like somebody has to see them work or, or try them, them themselves just to kind of buy in because they are such a unique product. So uh, like on, on that note, if you, even in like this building, but if you go to any mobile hunter show or if you type in, let's just say hunting bow hook, you're going to have a half a dozen companies easy that make hunting 3D printed bow hooks. So is there any, I don't want to say like competition, Cause it's like, Oh no, we were first. We're the best. Uh, obviously. Uh, yeah. I know. I know how Steve reacts to these kind of <laughs> things. Um, but you know, has anybody like kind of delved into that? You know, the I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Not, there's been, there's been a few. Um, another instance where somebody 3D printed some fletches. Like we've had, I've had guys at a show where, where we were in Iowa had a guy come up and he's like, man, these are awesome. And I was like, oh man, appreciate it. You know? And, uh, he's like, I, I 3d print my own as well. 
And I was like, no way, let me see, you know, and he pulls one out and, you know, and I don't know the way he said it, what he was like, you know, I saw your guys' and I was like, I got to try that, you know, and it's pretty cool. Like when you come up with something and then somebody wants to, I guess it is, you know, like a form of flattery, like if somebody wants to duplicate your product. Um, so other than that, I mean, nobody's really, really jumped onto the same, I guess, premise of what we have going, but, um, yeah, as far as sales, but as far as competition, I mean, it's, it's a 3d printed compression fit Fletch, man, ready to rock, slide <laughs> it on and go. <laughs> well, I just wonder, you know, cause I, th- I think that that would be the fear, right? Is the bigger you get and the more name you make for yourself and like you have, now years of you know lots of guys using them proof of concept some big money guy that says well if i can get you know 20 percent on my you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar investment we're going to turn key and run these guys out of business like i mean is that a a, a real it's always thing? it's always in the back of your mind that one of these bigger companies um see your product see the see the growth that you're having um you know it's getting more recognizable more people are noticing hey you know i've seen these i've seen these you know that my buddy shoots these loves them blah 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 um but yeah it is in the back of your mind that a big company may come and try to replicate or yeah come up with something pretty pretty similar and that's why we went through the the patent process and uh hopefully Hopefully we got some stuff on lockdown. So <laughs> when you see it, you see it with any industry. I mean, just what you were saying before the 3d printed bow hangers and you know, there's a lot of companies coming up uh, through that uh, the saddle game. I mean, how many platforms are there? They're somewhat similar and you know, the saddles there's, they tweak this and that. And you know, part of that is they, it, they push each other, they push each other for innovation. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of what it is, is any industry is going to, you know, kind of, push that innovation piece to the point where, you know, where do we go from here? And as soon as you think you're at the the pinnacle, something else slightly changes. So it's, it's kind of part of the game and the game that, that we, we decided to get in. And as of now, it's been a, been a fun ride. It's uh, uh it's been a, been a good one. So let's shift gears a little bit. So now y- you, you decided, okay, we got to have arrows, which is just makes total sense. Um, what, so for, most guys like myself, like prior to this, of course, like what makes a, a quote unquote good arrow? Like why, why are, you know, the deer crossing arrows $50 in there and then in Easton access is, you know, $120 a bear shaft dozen and, you know, you, you know, gold tip hunters, you know, they're somewhere in the middle and those are good air. Black Eagles are, you know, all, all this and, and what does straightness mean to a guy that can hit a pie plate, right? Mm-hmm. So what what does it matter? Have you ever been overwhelmed by the hundreds of food plot seed mixes out there? Well, you are not alone. And Vitalized Seed has developed a seed program that takes the guesswork out of food plotting. Vitalized Seed has two core mixes, the Nitro Boost and Carbon Load, to keep it simple. Nitro Boost is their spring-summer food plot mix, and Carbon Load is the fall plot mix each having a diverse mix of over a dozen different seed types 
that are highly attractive to whitetail. Food plotting made simple, but it gets even better. Each mix provides necessary nutrients to the soil, making for better plots each season and saving you money by needing less Roundup and less fertilizer each season. The 1-2 system simplifies your food plots just how nature intended. Vitalize seed. Make biology work for you. Order now at vitalizeseed.com. Well, regarding price, a lot of it comes down to uh, components are are a big thing, but also what is what is that each company paying for their marketing? How much money is going into who shoots our arrow? Um, kind of going back to the you know is it a top down approach or is it a bottom up approach when it comes to marketing? Um, and when you're watching TV, the Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, who what are who are the big names and what are they using? Price a lot of the time is dictated with that. Uh, when it comes to components, look up the numbers. Um, is straightness a factor? Is it, is it, you know, do you need 0.001? Do you need 0.006? And it, it depends on the individual and what do you want willing to pay for it? Um, bottom line is for, for Kanadi arrows, we wanted to create kind of a, a brainless arrow for the consumer to where, you know, they give us their specs. We create an arrow based on their specs. Um, that's going to, this is going to perform, um, very, very well. Uh, for a price that that uh, most people can afford and kind of you know kind of surprise some people there so when you are building this product is there somewhat of like a dichotomy there like what with the components and how your straightness is and you know i'm i'm watching brian you know spine align these arrows when he's building them all this stuff would you consider because Cause it's like, I don't know. I think the arrows to me would be like a premium product. Like you're building a, a very, you know, you're having a custom built arrow for you. You know, w- would you say that that's fair? Oh yeah, I would definitely agree. And then I would say that like the zingers for the guy that doesn't know how to fletch an arrow and just wants to slap it on there. So there's, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like there's kind of a, a mix. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you like both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I mean, we're, we're hanging out here at the, the mobile expo. Um, and you know, we're hanging with a lot of the bow hunting, uh, league guys. And, uh, one of the motos that or mottos that just came out was go fletch yourself, you know, <laughs> and you can, and you can play on that a little bit, but we wanted to make something that's just flat out simple. For somebody that doesn't want to spend or doesn't have the amount of time to tinker, um, that's where that's where we come in. We love it. We like to play that game. Um, I'm a nerd at heart. Um, I just I, I thoroughly enjoy it. We all all three of us, uh, both myself, Brandon, and Steve, uh, we just enjoy that. And and if we can make somebody's life a little bit easier uh, and less complicated in the sport of archery and bow hunting, I mean that that's awesome. But I guess. Yeah, for a guy, and, and what's funny is one of our listeners actually like broke down the price of your arrows, and I don't know if it was like when you guys were having a sale with a code or anything like that, but he was he looked at the price of them and he said, if I were to build that same arrow myself, it might be like either the same price or like a dollar or less, one way or the other. I think it was actually cheaper mm. to have you build them for him. So maybe you're doing something wrong, um, but, but, but he was like, he was like, you think, you know, you know, a couple hundred dollars or whatever for a dozen arrows is a lot. But by the time you purchase, cause you guys are purchasing all your components in bulk yeah. and, and you're, you're getting a, a, you know, there's always a middleman 
somewhere right. that's chipping away at that price. And then there's no bulk discount for me to buy 12 of them, right? So, And we could, I mean, we could, depending on the components we get, we could go much cheaper. But we wanted to, I mean, Zingers are American-made. We want to, we really want to stick with that. Um, obviously, we contacted some American-made carbon shafts. They didn't want anything to do with us. So we had to outsource for our shafts. But all the componentry made in the USA, um, we use ethics archery components for, for our front ends. And, I mean, when it comes to quality, we uh, just, it's good stuff. And like you said, if somebody were to purchase these components and everything on, on their own, just because they're buying a lower bulk um, and, you know, they'll have to outsource for certain things, they probably are going to pay a little bit more than us doing it for them. And that's where we come in. And it's it's, it's almost a no-brainer when you're looking for a quality arrow system. Um, look into Kanadi Arrows. So, in that space, um, you know, obviously it, it makes sense just to have just to have the arrows because the, the you see the same thing in the saddle thing. Like, if you don't have a platform, like if you're just selling saddles, you have to demonstrate your product on on your competitors, mm-hmm. somebody uh, else's, yeah. you know. And so, you know that that rubs you the wrong way. I can see it in Steve's face. He's like, yeah, that's <laughs> you know. Um, and, and so it, it does completely make sense like where do you guys feel like you fall in you know because at, at this point you know nobody's looking up canadi arrows in lancaster and saying okay give me send me a dozen of those so like where do you fall in the in the mix is it is it like something that you have to be in the know um you know you, you have to know that you exist to come find you to do it or are you looking to grow that side of it to is it easier to scale arrows than it is fletching? You know, I think with the with the arrow side of it, um, it was one like like you had said. It's one of those things like it just made sense. Kind of have the zingers, have an arrow. Um, we don't. We weren't gonna jump in dumping a bunch of money into the marketing on the arrows. Um, it was more so like, hey, let's create something that's going to be a f- somewhat affordable for the everyday hunter that wants a quality arrow that you can shoot more than more than one animal at. You know, a lot of times you, you can go pick an arrow up at whatever XYZ shop, you know, Bass Pro, whatever, and, you know, you're going to sling it at a deer and that arrow breaks. All right, fine, move on to the next one. So, you know, we wanted, we wanted something quality that was ready to shoot multiple times. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I feel like where I come into all of this is that I get to shoot all this stuff and I get to break all of it. And <laughs> I, I, I do that. And then I, I tell Steve, yeah, he's like, there's no torture tested. It's <laughs> like, there's like, there's no way you did that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I'll send you the pictures. <laughs> um, but I've, with these arrows, I've shot a lot of things, uh, like wood trees, a lot of four by four posts. And I've had <laughs> no real issues with the arrows. Um, other than, I mean, somebody shot one of them and basically didn't Robin hood it, but you know, cracked the, the back, back end of it, but they're durable. Like that outsert system, uh, I'm really, really impressed with them. And the fact, the fact that I shoot a, a lot and with a lot of different people and I shoot poorly, like he, Brian had <laughs> Brent come over, uh, and say, you know, I, I saw Adam shoot a lot of bad things with them and he, <laughs> You just kept shooting them and uh, they, they held up. So, um, 
Yeah, as far as like size of the company, where we want to see ourselves, you know, it it that really wasn't an uh, I guess in the back of our minds, it was just hey, let's let's create something and not not try to define ourselves or put us in a space of hey, we are a high end custom arrow. It's let's let let's pump out some some affordable arrows that guys can go kill some stuff with. Well, I think I think in that like sentence. Affordable is relative. relative, yeah. You know, so like, well, do I really need like stainless steel insert outsert system? Like, do I really need this? You know, can I build them myself? Well, I can get these arrows for you know a quarter of the price. And like I said, it, it the the time, like seeing Brian build them. Like and and taking making it dummy proof really, um, I think that there's a, a bunch of value in that. But I also think, like I said, it's it's a a premium product from like don't take offense to this, but like the least likely of sources. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you're talking to a, a teacher, a liquor salesman, and an HVAC te- technician. I mean, come on, what can you expect from us? But that, but that's but that's what I see is I see like I I I look at a zinger for the every man right like where you can order any arrow shaft that you want if you're a budget guy you're like okay well I can get these arrow shafts for cheap with the components and they fit my size and then I can literally break these arrows remove my fletchings and put them on another arrow. And if you were like the cheapest of cheap guy, like that's the perfect thing. And there's a lifetime warranty. So like I could buy a dozen fletches and use them in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick a, <laughs> pick any brand arrow. And if you want to, if as long as, you know, they don't discontinue that arrow, you can keep running them zingers from one set <laughs> to another, as long as you don't lose them. And then the other side is you've got like, you know, super straight, spine tested spine aligned arrows built for you and you can still reuse your fletchings <laughs> so yeah you know and the the you know the zingers indexing to your broadhead tuning your broadhead i mean the zingers make it make that process a whole lot easier tuning it to your bow you could pop them off you can bear shaft do all that it just it just makes the whole process easier more time with your family <laughs> if you're into that so uh, from from all of this the from the arrow side of it, it like how is that going based on like what you had expected oh feedback's been great um it's uh it's time consuming like like you witnessed just to build build a dozen arrows and and kind of work through it um but it, at the end of the day what we want to give our consumer is we want to give them a product that they don't have to worry about when they're when they're making that shot um, when, when, it, when everything comes down to that moment, they're, they're not concerned about, is it going to hold up? Is it going to fly straight? And kind of previous to what you were saying, uh, before is yeah, Zinger is kind of like an every everyday, you know, person product that anybody can use simple, affordable. Um, whereas the arrows, um, they're a little bit more, a little more pricey in terms of compared to the Zinger. Uh, the zing, but the zinger we, we got out and we wanted it to last ba- virtually indestructible last forever. Um, as long as the individual doesn't lose it. 
arrows are one of those things that it, you're going to go through it. You're go, you're eventually going to break it. But what we wanted to do instead of coming out with something that was um, a little cheaper that was going to break a little more often, we wanted to come out kind of again with something that's going to last and there's going to be some durability with it. So what's what are the next steps? I mean, so you're obviously on vacation and then you'll go back to work here with the if you step ask Brandon and Steve, I'm always on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this: that honestly, but hey, when you work, when you walk past the booth, who's the guy that's working? Okay, that's what you got to pay attention to. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like I, I was so happy, and I said it right to him, and I think it flustered him. Um, but watching him mess up the wraps on mm-hmm. the arrows because I was doing that, and you know. Uh, half of my arrows don't have wraps on them because I was like, well, I've screwed up four of them. I only have three left. So I'll just, I'll just not run, uh, wraps on these ones, but, <laughs> but watching Brian mess them up and then having this look, then I actually looked over and I saw a stack of them that were messed up and I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> it's not everyday, just me. It's not guy. just me. <laughs> um, but so what's, what's next? I mean, like, is it, uh, a marketing side to try to get these in the hands of more people is it status quo we're we're drowning over here thank god brian doesn't have to go back to school so maybe <laughs> maybe we'll catch up or um is it now we need to be in the outdoor lives so we need to be you know you know i think in I front know, of more I, people we're the little guy you know we're the little guy we're the underdog um that's kind of uh, my viewpoint of it and I kind of like that challenge. Um, we're not going to go throw a bunch of money at somebody to shoot our arrow. That's not who we are. We want the product to speak for itself. We want the product to earn the respect of the average day person, kind of like us. That uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna depend on it. They know they're getting something quality, and uh, we're gonna take it where it kind of directs us. Um, I think all too often a lot of companies have these have these paths of of of, of grandeur that just. Eh, you got to be realistic, but at the same time, you got to push yourself as well. And you kind of, kind of need to listen to the market and the people that are close and, and that you trust around you and kind of have that dictate the direction you go. So from, from that, it's a weird, it's a weird place because we, uh, I, I mean, li- literally today uh, or this past weekend or at all the shows, you, you are in an echo chamber, right? So you're, you're kind of seeing the same faces that it run in the same circles. So your feedback is going to be that of your, your peers, right? But essentially. Sure. So it's all, how do you, I guess, is there plans to break outside of that group? Like to be set up at a R100 or to be set up at, um, an ASA event or NFAA or something like that. So you're showcasing this, not only to, you know, essentially that your bow hunting league buddies or, mm-hmm. you know, because the same thing happens like with saddles or like whatever, like if you go to, you know, like say the show in Grand Rapids or, you know, I, I mean, you guys go to like Iowa and, you know, Harrisburg where there's a lot of, different consumers that aren't in this echo chamber that we are but to to move into like that sort of space i mean uh, i you know i pitch you guys ids all the time like you know if you're if you win the truck attack with the with the zingers i think you should 
you know, incentivize that. Yeah, yeah. But same thing, like if, <clears throat> if, if somebody wins a ASA state tournament or something with the Zingers, I mean, you're going to open some eyes from guys that are, you know, particular about the gear. I mean, I didn't, at, at TAC, I saw a bunch of people more, you know, year over year that are shooting Zingers, but I don't see anybody in jerseys with the umbrella chair shooting them you know i mean so there's there's more of a market than just the the, yeah. the saddle hunting maniacs yeah and i think the the saddle hunters community is more open to trying new things different things i mean that's essentially what saddle hunting is i mean it's different than what the norm has been i mean it's been out for a while but it wasn't it wasn't what it you know what it's grown into now but getting getting people to open their minds and realize that this is a product that that will work um that's that's one of the hardest things is convincing somebody who walks by the booth and ah that'll never steer that'll never stabilize a broadhead well come by i'll I'll tell you all about them i'll tell you how they do well that was i mean on that point steve last year we were at uh crystal falls at uh, attack and um that was it was a cool opportunity because we took a little uh, alligator potato peeler with us, and anybody that wanted to try a zinger because proof is in the pudding, um, they could strip their fletches. Um, and the cool the cool thing about that is every single person that chose to do that there was between fifteen and twenty came back and purchased because they saw it work. It, you can you know I can talk to you all day about the benefits and how it works. Um, but when you see yourself see it, that's the thing that's really going to sell yourself on it. Kind of like the try before you buy kind of thing. And the tack event was a really cool event to see that kind of happen. Cause when you're at these shows that you're enclosed, you, if you can shoot, you're shooting, you know, with, with skip at gearhead, you're shooting five yards, four yards, you know, can you really see arrow flight there? Whereas you're at a tack event. I mean, you're launching. I had a, I had a kid, I gave him my entire setup, my bow, my arrows, everything. Um, cause he didn't want to strip any veins off. He's slinging, um, zingers and, and, and my, my setup at 98 yards and the kid's shooting better than I was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of, kind of made me feel a little insecure, but, um, just the proofs in the pudding. And I mean, he came back and purchased obviously, but, uh, just the try before you buy thing, kind of like what you're saying, Adam is kind of get out of the, the echo chamber, kind of get your feelers out and just try different events because, uh, it, it, you're going to expose it to other people and, you're going to see it work, and uh, I think that'll grab a lot of people as well. But, yeah, another thing, like, as you know, with these shooters, quote-unquote professional shooters, <laughs> in the jerseys, whatever, you know, they they shoot what what somebody sponsors them to shoot. So, on that side of it, yeah, I mean, could we probably sponsor some more people? Yeah. Would that help? No doubt. Um, but I don't know. It, it, we, we talk about it all the time about how, which, which direction we want to go with sponsoring and, and doing that sort of thing. Well, and, and I don't know if it's an ego thing with us, but we're, we want, like, we'll support whoever, whoever tries zingers on their own and, you know, and, and, and you, and uses their hard earned money to purchase a pack of zingers and they come up to us and they're like, dude, I love these things. I'm going to go to this event. Can you sponsor us? We're all on, we're all on board, but we I, it's just something in us, and maybe it's wrong. You know, maybe those that are listening right now that are in marketing or business, you're like, you listen to me, and maybe it's wrong. We don't want to pay somebody to say something good about our product. 
we want the product to speak for itself. And I, maybe that's the hill that we're going to die on I, or that's the hill that we're going to just build on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can understand that, but I can also s- see both sides of it. And like, uh, I guess the pay to play thing is, is different, but I would imagine if you gave somebody some arrows that was shooting, you know, this many events and you said, Hey, we're just going to give you all your arrows. You shoot them for the year. You know, it's not necessarily a money thing and you could say what you want them, but give them a fair shot uh, against these other tournament archers. Like I said, I I feel like you would open, open more eyes just like at Dak, right? Because one guy that we've, we've been fairly generous with and he's, he's overly thankful and he's just a solid dude is TJ Merritt. And I mean, just seeing that guy shoot at Tack was fun. I mean, the kid, the, the guy takes it serious, and he is—he's so overwhelmingly thankful. Just a solid, good dude. And I mean, we'd get—we'd give him whatever he wants, you know, just because of that relationship that was established before. You know, it was more of a personal relationship as opposed to a business relationship. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you said that because I know TJ listens, but I also um, I was thinking, well, I'm. I didn't spend any hard-earned money on this stuff. (laughs) 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 But I I feel like I just say bad stuff about it. Like, Steve, I broke this. Like, I broke this. I ripped this. I did this. But I use the stuff. And I I truly, like, stand behind him. And I, like, converting John to be like, okay, these these are legit. Like, that is like a giant win in my book. You know, um, yeah, he's been the biggest naysayer since the beginning. Well, you know, it was because uh, well, no. he was like no. the, the the Gen ones, the singers. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> he's like they're too loud, man. He's like they 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 fly, but they're loud. But you know, that's something you can definitely respect. Is is somebody who who does have questions about it? You know, questions: Will they work? Will they do this? But then you know, he's he's seen proof of concept. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have turned the page. Well, I, I I feel like once I like started shooting a little bit better, uh, like you know, more practice, more consistency, more shot process, and I'm you know I'm not shooting right with them, but I'm shooting you know I'm coming for him, <laughs> you know, at, at a time. He was like, mm, it ain't the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but from like that side of it, it, do you have any stories of guys that were like absolutely like against them and then have converted, especially like through the bow hunting league and, and all that? Cause I know that there's a lot of guys out there, you know, you, I've been at the shows with you guys where guys come up and they're like, you know, you see guys like year over year, right? But guys are like, yeah, I don't know. Those won't work for me. And then. Like do you get, I've seen it where the guy's like, I don't think that's going to work. And then there'll be a guy come up right behind him and he's like, Hey, I need six of these ones <laughs> and those ones. And the guy just looks at him and he's like, Oh man, like I shot two deer with them last year. And they just, you know, so easy. Like I got to get more, like my buddy was shooting them and all this stuff. So is there any like, like notable detractors that you've like got on board? I wouldn't say, I mean, there were, I can recall a certain instance of somebody 
hating on them and then coming around. But, you know, there's, I, I guess anybody that's, oh, I've heard of them. Well, I haven't tried them. Well, my, you know, my buddy got some last year and he's like, he, he, he loved them. You know, they shot great. And I was like, so why haven't you got them? <laughs> he's like, all right. Yeah, you're right. Like I should just do it right now. You know, that, I mean, that happens umpteen times at these shows. Um, or people reaching out and be like, hey, my buddy shoots these. And that's the thing. It's like, like we said umpteen times during this podcast. It's just, it's proof of concept. Somebody sees them working. It's a no brainer. Like, especially with the ease of how easy they are to use. Well, that's one of the funny things is like two years ago at TAC, like I just went up there with like, I had some arrows to shoot. And then I, my my brother-in-law, he shoots all my extra stuff. And this year he shot tremendous, but last year he did not. <laughs> and like there was a bunch of arrows missing and he ends up shooting with like an arrow. He'll find an arrow on the course and he'll shoot it and that one will shoot pretty good. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm just going to shoot with this one until I lose this one. And uh, so he was out of arrows, but I had these cut shafts. So I went over and got the some zingers and come back and I'm sitting there talking to everybody and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm fletching arrows. And they're like, what? And I just slide them on, slide them on, slide them on, you know, two minutes, three minutes later, I'm done. And they're like, that really, that's it. Like, how do you know that they're going to fly? And I'm like, they just do. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not very technical, like, but I've been shooting them all weekend. Chris lost the rest of them. So I needed more and uh, these will shoot. And, and that, you know, I, I probably told the story before, but like when I went out elk hunting, like we were in, uh, like Rawlings, Wyoming, and I'm out there shooting, making sure my broadheads will fly, like my bow didn't get messed up. And I cut a couple of the fletchings with my broadhead. And so I had two ripped ones, and I'm like, oh man. And I just reach into my bino harness, get out some more, put them on there. And people are like, well, that's so cool. Like, yeah, that's the, that's the point, you know? And if I didn't have them, then I, it would be like, well, now I'm down two arrows or, you know, whatever. Like, I can't shoot that one. But Yeah, I think uh -oh. most guys can relate to ripping fletching off. And most of the time, it's like you rip one off, you're like, ah, oh, crap. You know, most guys don't have their own fletching jig, so they set it over in the corner. And, you know, maybe maybe they'll get it refletched, go to a shop and do it, or it that, that arrow is retired. Like, it, it never comes back out, you know? So... This definitely alleviates that and pop it on and go, man. So what do you guys got going on for the season? Like what, what are your, your big hunts or is the Brian just slaving away? Well, I keep Brian, Brian working so I can go out and have fun. So I'll be <laughs> heading to, <laughs> I'm going to do the Tennessee velvet season at the end of August. Um, and then we'll be doing Wisconsin opener. That'll be September 17th, 18th, somewhere around there, and then Michigan. Okay. Yeah, anybody out there listening, send us a message if you got any points uh, for North Dakota, because I'm really chewing on that. That's either this year or next year. That's a, that's one of those uh, check boxes I need to check off the list, and um, everything I've heard has been great. But, uh, yeah, as Steve was saying, I'll, I'm going to stay in for the Tennessee hunt. I am not all about the uh, the heat or nor the poison ivy. Um, so I'm going to be staying at the office, catching up on orders. And when Wisconsin's opener hits, um, usually second weekend and when Wisconsin, or excuse me, in September, I'll be there. And then obviously Michigan the rest of the way. 
So what's the, like, what's your strategy for the velvet season? Like, do you, does Ben just have deer tied up for you or you're like, uh, you're going, Hey, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's got it on lockdown and you go here. I've been getting consistent pictures <laughs> it's easy peasy, but, um, no, I've, uh, I went down last year, did some filming for the guys and, uh, it's hot as all get out, man. It was 98, 95, 97, you know, you go out, they don't, they don't do any of the morning hunts. They just, just do the evening. And, uh, so it's three day hunt. You get three hunts out of it and, uh, do some sweating and hopefully you don't get too much poison ivy. So for you in that situation, you know, I'd say most of our listeners are like Midwest, um, you know, not, not too much Southern, but maybe, but so for like a Michigan guy going down there for that, like, what is your hunting attire? Like, what is you, what are you hunting in? So probably last year I did the, I'll probably do the same thing. Just the Wrangler Walmart pants and, uh, the thinnest long sleeve top I can find, maybe even the short sleeve. I don't know, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That. I mean, I love like the challenge and trying something new, but that seems miserable. I think I'm like with Brian on that. Like, I don't know. It would be fun. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't go down there given the opportunity. So if somebody's looking they're like, Hey, I got uh, some private down here. <laughs> Anybody's um, <laughs> I'm willing. But, but, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, that I, I would always rather be colder. Like I'd rather be freezing to death than hot. Cause I can only take off so many clothes yeah. until I'm naked and sweating <laughs> still. Tarzan. Um, and then, you know, I can, I can get warmed up, but cooling off and man, I was talking to the latitude guys and they were talking about that, like Nebraska, North Dakota, those early season hunts. And they're like in the tent it was 98 degrees. And we were like, cooking like literally slow cooking <laughs> like trying to take a nap and it's the most miserable thing ever and i'm like i i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. about that like i've you know it, as kids in michigan or whatever you've been camping in like those dusty humid like just sitting there like sweating mm-hmm. and like you know when i was in africa i was similar before like the weather switched because then there was no breeze so it would be like 100 110 and you're just like sitting there watching sweat come out of your pores and it's like this is this sucks and then then it got hotter but at least there was a breeze i don't know about hunting in that like i'm i'm all for like embracing the suck but that's just a different Mm -hmm. different level of sucking dude i really want a velvet buck want a velvet buck so Okay, what's your standard? I mean, this velvet four point comes out and it's no. ninety two degrees. And you're like, dude, I'm I'm out of here. Like, no, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put a self imposed one twenty or higher. So mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, my my eyes get real big when the, when the deer come in, and sometimes they don't always reach that reach now, that minimum. Now are you are you measuring from the outside of the velvet or? <laughs> yeah, it's a loose tape. It's very loose tape. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome, guys. I appreciate, you know, taking the time. Let's get you back in there and slinging some zingers. Yes, sir. Unless we appreciate it, man. Go on the trailer and fletch himself. <laughs> <laughs> you go fletch yourself, Adam. Hey, thanks a lot, Adam, for having us on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Yep, bye.